I think I'll just read the text and then we can be finished with worship for the day. Amen. Except I worked hard on my sermon, so you have to hear it. Okay, our text today comes in a series of stories that you have been hearing from the lectionary as we navigate the Gospel of Mark. Today is the next story. It's Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to start in verse 46. And if you listen, if you really listen, these words might have power and change your life. Let's see. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still, and he said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. And so throwing off his cloak, he sprang up, and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Friends, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our children can head out to their worship now. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, be thou our God while life shall last in our eternal home. Amen. One of my favorite Broadway musicals might surprise you. It comes from a punk rock band in the 1990s named Green Day. And they wrote later an angry album in the aftermath of September 11th. With electric guitar, vocal vehemence, and even intense ballads, we sang a new language for our national grief and disdain as we listened to these songs. The album title is the same as the musicals, American Idiot. Can I get a shout-out from the fans, please? (laughs) I knew you were there. Every formerly moody teenager in the country was in line as later 20-somethings getting tickets for that show alongside me. So I'm going to take you there. Quickly squeeze yourself into a tight seat in a tiny Manhattan theater. Imagine the darkness and the, the hush of the audience as the scrim lifts and the show gets ready to sound. And all of the sudden, there is a cacophony of sound and image. The drums and the blast of volume do nothing compared to the shocking brightness. The entire back wall of the stage is lined with 1980s-style box TV sets. Some have running on them that black and white snow. Shh, remember that? Some were showing news reports of September 11th. Some showed George W. Bush telling us all to go shopping. Others were random commercials inviting us to go shopping. 
And all the while, strobe lights were flashing and demanding rhythms pulsed. And before your senses could adjust, a collective chorus of dancers starts headbanging. I I can't really do it in my heels. Um, As they're singing and shouting these words. Listen. Don't want to be an American idiot. Don't want a nation under the new media. And can you hear the sound of hysteria, the subliminal mind? Welcome to a new kind of tension all across the alien nation where everything isn't meant to be okay. Television dreams of tomorrow. We're not the only ones who are meant to follow, for that's enough to argue. Now everybody do the propaganda and sing along to the age of paranoia. Don't want to be an American idiot. One nation controlled by the media. Information age of hysteria. It's calling out to idiot America. The language is as raw as the emotion behind it. I was sad and angry the first time I saw that show eight years ago, and I'm sad and angry quoting it to you today, just like I know many of you to be. We don't want to be American idiots. But how do we resist this information age of hysteria and the hate The hate that pervades every part of our national and international dialogue and experience. And so I pause quickly to note idiocy and paranoia and a nation controlled by the media. These are not normal pulpit phrases, are they? My intent is not to make you so uncomfortable that you miss the good news of this story. And so if you feel nervous right now, that's all right. Even so, let's travel back to the ancient Near East and consider a similar social context where people who were not at the top of the political chain were rightly desperate and rightly scared on account of their victimization. There was no middle class or inclusivity in the ancient Near East. And so in the midst of this, there is a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, who is embodying life on the edge of society. Now, Jesus and his followers are moving through towns visiting folks, sharing new ideas of hospitality and acceptance while listening to those in need. And what happens when we listen? Hmm? We hear new stories. We see new perspectives. Our minds open up. Our hearts soften. And so they're hearing new stories. And I want you to feel the beat of their work. The first century people hold anxiety. Jesus sees it, and he names it, and in so doing, he subverts political superpowers. Jesus and the disciples sometimes hide in the crowds for safety as the momentum grows, but they keep marching. They resist, and it's like a dance. Jesus just twirled in the air, precious children, children who people tried to keep away from him. And then he met the rich young ruler and told him to sell all of his possessions. And the more ordinary people they meet, the more Pilate and Caesar get upset. But they keep marching, and they keep resisting, 
and they keep going and they keep worrying about the people that they're meeting and the meter of their mission quickens and they encounter more trauma and they get woke to Roman propaganda and media hysteria and they understand their work in new and different ways. They are punk rocking through Jericho and with a boisterous resistance and this cacophony of hysteria, a blind man, Bartimaeus, says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's a shout that represents every angry dancer on the stage of American Idiot. And how many voices does it sound out for today? I learned that I was preaching this week, this morning, just late Wednesday evening. I was excited. I was excited to share about Morocco and the cries for mercy that we heard while walking among the crowded urban streets of Rabat. Some of their cries were loud and others were quiet. Cries from desperate migrants hoping for a better life. Cries from abused women and their children. Cries from disabled men. But then I logged on to Facebook for the first time in a couple of days and saw that while I was out of the country, our government has been trying to erase the personhood of our transgender siblings. Let us cry. Jesus, have mercy. And so Thursday arrived, and I was excited to preach about how glorious the morning calls to prayer were in a particular Moroccan countryside villa where we stayed one night. I heard it as a public call for us non-Muslims to end our xenophobia and begin a new way of respect. But then two black people, Vicki Jones and Maurice Stallard, were killed in a local Kroger store by a racially motivated white terrorist. This, just after a famous white talk show host argued on air that blackface is an acceptable Halloween costume, let us cry, Jesus have mercy. And so I didn't write my first draft until early Friday morning when I heard the cries again. This time of a peace-filled migrant caravan full of grandparents and parents and children and cousins and aunts and uncles traveling thousands and thousands of miles from Latin America, refusing to be silent, begging for mercy. Quietly, they keep walking. Only to later hear in the day on NPR that they will be met, yes, by the ubiquitous American Border Patrol but also now a whole host of fully armed and uniformed military soldiers. Let us cry, Jesus, have mercy. And finally, Saturday arrived yesterday. And I listened again for Bartimaeus' call of recognition. And what did we hear? Jarring wails of horror from another violent attack, this time in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a synagogue. Death perpetrated by another white man shouting, all Jews must die. Let us cry. Jesus, have mercy. Another deranged white man mailed at least 14 explosive pipe bombs to a competing political party. That's how divided we are, that even death or hope, which is it, it ensues. Let us cry together. Jesus, have mercy. Did you know that at the gun show here in Louisville this week, vendors sold KKK robes and Nazi Christmas tree ornaments? Let us cry. Jesus, have mercy. Women's health care is up for grabs. 
The Me Too movement is mocked even by women who support Trump and every day further victims of Donald Trump's affirmed nationalism fear for their lives in the streets of our country and our world. And he keeps hosting more rallies. Church, let us cry. Jesus, have mercy. This cacophony of hysteria and hatred and media-frenzied American idiocy and sheer evil threatens to drown out Bartimaeus' call, a call that demands justice, a call that cannot be silenced because if it were, only death would result. There is no other choice as Jesus and the disciples are passing his way, leading this resistance movement, this time in in Jericho, and here is Bartimaeus saying, Look at me! Do not avert your gaze! Look at me. Give me dignity. See my worth in my life. Just because you have allowed me to be pushed to the edges and the fringes of society by evil rulers does not mean that I cease to exist. Hear me. See me. You will not silence me. Have mercy on me, Jesus. And like we know to be true, Jesus is amazing for all the reasons but in this passage, specifically for two. Jesus hears Bartimaeus amidst the chaos. Amidst the TVs highlighting all of the idiotic evils of their day, Jesus has the audacity to notice Bartimaeus, to pick up the remote and to shut off the noise with the nod of his head to his people and says, bring him here. Now, at the same time, and this is the other reason Jesus is amazing, The disciples, in their own fear and their readiness to maintain the status quo, to keep calm, they shush the beggar. They have work to do, after all. They need to get out of town and on to the next to hear some more stories. They're busy being good allies. They're busy resisting. They're busy following the Savior. They resent this beggar. Shh! They yell back at the blind man. Be quiet! Even the well-meaning followers push Bartimaeus' father to the side. And so naturally, Jesus nudges them too. He shows them how to ally themselves once again, and he teaches them to create a path of accompaniment so that the one in need can access the liberation that they have already known is there. Let's do this justice and mercy work together, Jesus is saying, as he acknowledges Bartimaeus, and empowers the disciples to do what's right, although risky. Okay, so imagine the scene in our rock opera changing now. The overcrowded corridors and the madness on the stage opens us to just Jesus and Bartimaeus, stage center with a spotlight and darkness all around. And with a loud clap of cymbals... Jesus stops the beauty music, and he asks the ultimate Powerball question. I imagine him taking the man's hands and getting down on his level. What do you want me to do for you? The boldness of this acknowledgement and this trust in Bartimaeus to have an answer stuns the choreography still. And we lean forward in our seats waiting on the answer. And not only does Jesus see the blind man, and not only does Jesus help the disciples discover their allyship, Jesus refutes being a hostage to Roman propaganda. All in one question, what do you want me to do for you? We might hear, yes, pay your taxes. 
But don't think that Caesar is the one who will rescue you. What do you want me to do for you? Church, it's revolutionary. And it's a question that if we do not ask it again and again, then our worship is in vain. If we miss this, if we are no better than the disciples hushing those who cry out for mercy, then why are we here? The man knows the answer to the question. I want to see. Of course he does. But do you notice that it's not the disciples' job to answer on his behalf? The disciples probably wanted to step in after realizing that they should have been helping the man get to Jesus instead of silencing him, so eager to prove their devotion and their commitment to the cause of mercy and justice. Can't you just see him stepping in front of Bartimaeus? Well, Jesus, one might offer. Clearly, the man wants his eyesight back. No, 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 allow me, says disciple number two. This man only needs a shower and some money. He'll be fine. But that's a monetary quick fix, the third disciple says. Let's attack the system that leaves blind men begging on the roadside in the first place. Jesus, this man needs government subsidies. Highland, as our work continues, it will be increasingly important for us to decenter ourselves to step aside and to learn again and again how and when to step aside so that those who need liberation can speak it for themselves and be heard. And it is tough work to step back from our privilege, especially as we're only trying to help, to honor the shouts and the cries of those who refuse the violence of staying silent and hushing the crowd. But here's why I know you're ready for this, and here's why I'm preaching this sermon this boldly this morning. Because you are a church that loves God, and you know God to be at work in this kind of work. It's why it's our sacred text. And you've had for the last 20 years Joe Phelps in this pulpit ringing in your ears that you are part of the transforming work of love. And so this is our next step. We have friends whose lives are at stake on the premise that their skin is not white, that their gender is not binary, that their orientation is not straight, that their education is not adequate, that their country of origin is not first world, that their family system is not whole, that their vocation is not lucrative. We mustn't presume in any of this to understand what it's like to have your dignity stripped over and over again to the point of living in fear. Fear that we can't even take our kids to the grocery store for a gallon of milk if their skin is brown. Learning to cry out alongside them. Moving from affirmation to advocacy. Troubling the waters. This is our call. All along Bartimaeus, the one who refuses to be silent because he will die if he does, knows exactly what he needs. He's not shouting out to Jesus because he's an idiot. So, of course, his request is bold and it's impossible. The blind man wants his sight back. Rabbi, teacher, let me see again. At the risk of saying too much, I have one more point. Churches around America are closing their doors. 
And I believe it's because they have lost their relevancy and their God-given edge. So many churches don't want any more ripples in this sea of injustice. So instead of choppy waters, they drown while they are trying to coast or float. Now, right now, here in this congregation, we are very much alive and growing in beautiful ways, even during our pastoral transitions. And yet, let us not start gloating and coasting. If we are continuing to be relevant and useful and worthy of the tasks and the ministries to which God calls us, we will be a church that instead of answering for people, we will shout from the sidelines alongside them, Jesus, have mercy. We will be a church that is not consumed by hypermedia, sensationalism, and nationalism, and the evils of Trumpism. We will be a church that moves with Jesus and the disciples to the margins. We will disrupt the status quo as we listen to their stories, and we will educate ourselves, and we will humble ourselves, and we will advocate for liberation, because it is the same liberation that we have tasted in know to be true. This is our work, Highland Baptist Church. And God is calling you to it, and you have already been equipped to do it because you have the courage to take root and to cherish you and what you are as we move forward on this journey. What a gift. God calls the church, especially Western, well-resourced, educated ones like ours, to form gauntlets of peace so others can access healing, power, and hope on their own terms with their own answers of what they need. This is salvation, and this is liberation. This is the good news of the gospel. And so regardless of whether we work in Morocco or in Louisville, It is the church's job to clang the cymbals so Jesus can ask the question again and again and again, what do you need from me? And so we have a choice this morning, a choice with life or death consequences. We can choose to become wishing away the propaganda of nationalism, changing the channel to Netflix or our preferred method of numbness. Or we can accompany our sisters and our brothers and our siblings and ourselves on the path to recovery of sight for the blind. A path that could set us up for targeted attacks by the ruling powers and the elite. But a path that was trod centuries ago by the one who saves. And a path that is well trod today by freedom fighters. So close your eyes if you're comfortable. Take a breath. Turn off all the media outlets in your head and in your heart. And imagine yourself on that stage with Jesus as he takes your hands and kneels close to you and asks you the question, what do you need from me? And you get to answer it in any way you want. No one is going to interrupt you or answer for you. It's you and the divine. Answer boldly and truthfully. And my friends, healing will come. Jesus said to the man, go. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, Bartimaeus regained his sight, and he followed Jesus. Amen.
We sing now, thank goodness. (laughs) And we sing a familiar tune, which is helpful. (laughs) But we sing new and beautiful words. So as our own beats and our own rhythms resonate in this sanctuary this morning, let your heart and your mind and your body and your spirit go to where it needs to go so that you can hear Jesus' question and participate in building paths of peace. We are a community that takes this seriously, and we need you to help us. So come, be a part of us. It's a must for you today. Let's stand and sing.